Hey, welcome back to the Hope Podcast. My name is Lena Abuchemra and I am your host. We have done all sorts of things on the Hope Podcast. We've interviewed people, we've shared sermons, and now we are on a special edition leadership series called uh, the Leadership Edition. And we are going to be running this for a few weeks and afterwards we hope to get some interviews with some leaders. I'm looking for uh, referrals. If you've got great leaders that you think would be great interviews, send me an email at lena at livingwithpower.org. If you enjoy this Hope Podcast, we are so grateful for you coming back week after week. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about leadership as an identity. Uh, We started flirting around this topic a couple of weeks ago. Uh, How do you define yourself? You think about that, and when you think about that, are you people have all sorts of labels for each other, your sex, your ethnicity, um, the Bible teacher with the accent who talks really fast. You know, we, we all have ways to define ourselves, and uh, that'd be funny. You could let me know, you know, how you would describe me <laughs> to your friends, but I, I feel like I summed it up pretty good. Uh, a little bit uh, high on energy, pretty intense. Uh, we all have our, our ways, and uh, I want us to start thinking about leadership as an identity, whether you're a leader or not. Again, many of you are still here because now you see yourself as a leader, and many of you are leaders, and you've been looking for uh, more material on leadership. Um, I hope that you will uh, get this in the next few weeks, but Leadership as an identity, uh, I will uh, lean on uh, some thoughts that Crawford Loritz has written in the past. He has an amazing book on leadership called Leadership as an Identity, ironically. And so as I go through some of the thoughts I have prepared for us today, I, I hope you will find that um, helpful. Um, so let's, uh, let me read you just a few verses from Ephesians chapter 4. Remember that the beginning of this series, I've sort of used Jesus as sort of the central figure of an example of, a, of an amazing leader. And so I want to keep him sort of in, the, in our thoughts as we walk through these episodes. Jesus as a leader, how did he display leadership as an identity? Again, uh, the picture of a leader that our world shapes sometimes looks so different from the picture of a leader that the Bible uh, calls for. And you can go through the entire Bible, Old and New Testament, and you sort of start, you'll sort of start to see these patterns of leadership as an identity, that ways that characterize those who were considered leaders. And by the way, all sorts of personalities, all, all sorts of giftedness, some more naturally, obviously leaderly, but others just not so, and yet um, used by God in leadership ways. But I, I thought today I'd read some verses from Ephesians um, just to remind you again that all of these gifts that were given, uh, whether a huge amount of leadership or a small amount of leadership, or maybe you have co-gifts, uh, there's a purpose for them. I think when we studied 1 Corinthians, we talked about that a little bit. But I want to read from Ephesians 4. I think I jotted down here, verses 11 through 16. It talks about God. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. I'll stop right here. Um, We've given a couple definitions for leadership in the past, by the way, and so these verses, even as I'm reading them now, sort of bring that to mind, this process of social influence which maximizes the efforts of others towards achieving a common goal. See, what do we as Christian leaders, 
what are we trying to achieve? You might be working again at a, at a finance place and you go, oh, that doesn't apply to the finance place. Really? Because we're trying to lead others to follow Jesus and then we're trying to re- lead those who follow Jesus into following him more maturely. And so there's a common goal of building up the church. And, and if you don't see your workplace as an opportunity to lead uh, in a fashion that brings honor to God and, and that grows uh, or gives people the opportunity to know Christ, then, then you're, you're not thinking through your life in a, in a, in a, in a perspective or uh, what's the word I'm looking for in a sort of um, haze of, of the biblical, you know, worldview, I guess is what I'm getting at. And so, so, so I, I, I just think these verses are a good reminder of why we ought to be godly leaders. But also as you read these verses in Ephesians, there's this, there's this impression you get about, about growing up, maturing and, that is a call to everybody, no matter your giftedness in the church. If you're a Christian and, and you're following Jesus, there's a call for us to no longer be children, tossed to and fro, but to mature. And uh, one of the sort of words that I've used again and again about leadership is it's high-level discipleship. And so you see how it all sort of comes together. Like you don't, you know, whether you're right now actively leading or not, I suspect all of you guys are in some shape or form, um, but, but there is this call to maturity that happens as we grow up as leaders. And so uh, kind of focusing in now, leadership as an identity, what, what does that mean? Um, well, do you know who you are as a leader? Um, are you known for, well, she gets things done. Well, is that a biblical identity? I mean, like, like people have said that about me forever. Like she can, she's so efficient, she can get things done. But is that a biblical trait? Is that what a leader as an identity from a Christ perspective ought to be? I mean, I mean, you can go back to what we talked about last time. Jesus didn't really get a lot done. He didn't write any books. He didn't travel to anywhere outside of his country. I mean, think about it. Like he was kind of a, you know, maybe South Lebanon is as much as he saw of the world and yet uh, considered the greatest leader of all times. Um, so what, what do you think of when you think, define yourself as a leader? What comes to mind to you? How would, if you sat down and had to write down uh, leader, you, you as a leader, who are you as a leader? Uh, maybe you're afraid. Maybe that's your thing. And you're like, I'm a scared leader. Um, maybe you're a very relational leader and you start sort of thinking about that, breaking it up. Now let's think about, well, what does the Lord call us to when it comes to leadership as an identity? Um, uh, here, here's three thoughts that I have about that. Uh, it, it's not about what I do, but what I'm becoming. All right. I think this is critical. That's something that we're going to hit up again and again. We've already talked about it before. Leadership is not about what I do, but what I'm becoming. Uh, yes, last week we talked about uh, leadership being Jesus being unconventional. I think this idea is unconventional. I think most of the books and, and uh, material on leadership would push sort of a, well, you're a strong leader if you get more followers, if you get more profit, if you grow the company, if you on and on and on, these, these success measures. And, 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 and remember the first week we did this series, I talked about how we have a leadership crisis in the church. I truly believe some of that crisis stems from the fact that we um, have embraced the ways of the world. Now, I'm not saying all of their ways are wrong. I think there's a lot to learn from the world. I'm not saying like, oh, you're right, you're wrong. I'm not, I'm not naive enough to say that. But I think if we're holding up the ways of the world ahead of what God calls us to, I think we got nothing but misery. You might, you might not fail. You might grow a crowd. You might have multi-campus, multi-site. Uh, you might have greater numbers of people showing up to your Bible study, but is it, um, are you stressed doing it? Are you, or are you joyful? Do you know what it is that God has called you to? So, so, and I think it starts with this. It's not about what you do, but what you're becoming. So it's not that what you do is not important. I mean, we all want to see results, right? We all want to bear fruit. 
But what are you becoming in the process? You go back to this question of giftedness versus character. Is your character growing? Are you maturing? So going back to Crawford Loritz, I told you that I'd pick on him a little bit or use some of his material. He gives four uh, characteristics of leaders when you think of the identity of a leader in God's word. And I'm going to cite two of them here because when we think about not what I do, but what I'm becoming, the two things that are glaring, number one, servanthood. All right. We talked about those verses in the earlier episodes. I think a good uh, verse is Mark chapter 10, verses 42 to 45, where Jesus says to his disciples, what makes a person great is servanthood. The son of man came to serve. And, 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 and so servanthood is, uh, by the way, Crawford Lord says this servanthood as an identity, not as a strategy. Do you know that there are many leadership books now talking about, uh, uh, leader, servant, servanthood, leadership, you know, sort of this whole, uh, people have made a strategy out of compassionate leadership and, and service leadership. And it's good, but the point is you're not doing servanthood in order to accumulate whatever success you want. You're doing it because you really embrace this as an identity. Jesus bent down, took a towel, and washed the disciples' feet. Not in order to gain anything. He didn't all of a sudden have like 12 disciples times, you know, 100 because he did this. No, if anything, people were like shocked by it. Peter was like, what are you doing washing my feet? And so we're not using servanthood to grow my platform, but we're servants because we identify as servants because that's who Jesus was. And so it's not what I do, but what I'm becoming. So let me ask you, are you becoming more of a servant the bigger your leadership role is? And, and you can spot those great servant leaders a mile away. I mean, they will never attract attention to themselves, but they're easy to spot. There's a calmness, a meekness about them, a willingness to have their schedule broken. Um, that's a convicting word. I think most of us, the busier, the bigger we get, the busier we are, the less time we have for servanthood activities. And when we do servanthood, we want it taped and, and put on every social media you know, site so that everybody knows that we have some servanthood in us. So um, so it's not about what I do, but what I'm becoming. So one of this identity from Crawford Larissa's servanthood, the other one he mentions that I love is, uh, I think this is probably one of my favorites is, uh, brokenness, brokenness. I've, I've thought a lot on brokenness and I, uh, I wish I could say I was done. I feel like, um, I feel like that's the road for the Christian from brokenness to greater brokenness. Um, I watched this five minute interview on, on YouTube where Crawford Loritz was talking about his book and, um, you really got to get this book. I mean, this thing is so good. He's so wise, but he, he calls brokenness a holy handicap that is meant to keep us dependent on God. It's a holy handicap. We think of brokenness as a bad thing. It's not, it's a godly thing. Um, there's a softness and ease, a willingness to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, there's a dependence on the Lord. Lord, I can't do this on my own, but I need you to step in and help me with it. Uh, it's not what I do, but what I'm becoming. Are you becoming more broken? Um, don't resist what God is doing to bring about brokenness in your life. Yield to him. Uh, let him know you're okay with it. You're willing to give up whatever it is that he longs for you to give up. Um, so, uh, yeah, let, let's leave that at that. Uh, let's go to the second thought, leadership as an identity. So not what I do, but what I'm becoming. Uh, number two, it's not about what I want, but what God has purposed in my life. Okay. One of you become a leader, you're given a new job. I remember when I became a woman's director at a big church a few years ago, it's like one of the first things is, well, what are you going to do? What are your goals? What are your, what are your, what's your vision for this? And women would want to, you know, to meet and have a big meeting and then little meetings and leaders meetings. And everybody wants to know, what are you going to get done? And, 
And, and that's great. And in the Christian context, sometimes it's insinuated that it's not my goals, but God's goals. But, but I want to ask you leader who is listening right now, do you know what God has purposed for you? And as I've walked through, you know, starting living with power, um, this organization that I have, and I, as I've sort of had growing pains initially, and then even now, as we, as God continues to stretch us and grow us, Boy, I'm telling you, I, I've had to really stop. Every time I feel the stress of being stretched, usually I've found that it's because I've deviated into what I've tried to accomplish versus what God has created me and called me to accomplish. And the minute I go back to the basics, God, what is it that you called me to? Well, you didn't call me to X, Y, Z. He called me to ABC, right? And, and as long as you have before you what it is, it, there's such freedom in knowing. So if you're like leading and you have no idea, you need to take some time away and get along with God and figure it out. My hunch is most of us uh, who are in leadership positions right now have a sense of where we started. Maybe important to go back to that place and, and, and just look at your life now and say, okay, have I deviated from that or am I still walking in the, in the areas that uh, God has purposed for me? And so uh, Crawford Loris, remember I told you four characters that he brings up. We talked about servanthood and brokenness. Here's another one that I listed here in this category. Um, you want to know what God has purposed in your life? Well, one of his leadership as an identity items is uncommon communion. And uh, you see this, by the way, over and over again in men and women in the Bible who were very good leaders, very strong leaders, is they took time away with God regularly. Uh, and then someone was forced on them. Think about Moses in the wilderness or David after he was anointed to be king. I mean, these people, Joseph in the prison, I mean, these people were forced into uncommon communion, but they didn't become bitter or disappointed or angry. They uh, turned to the Lord. And so, uh, but, 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 but to each of us is sort of this challenge to say, what are you doing in your life to create uncommon seasons of communi- communion with the Lord? I'll, I'll be honest with you right now. I'm in a season where God's calling me to that. And um, it's come out of disappointment. I've got an episode we're going to do on disappointment later. And, and, and sort of coming, it's come out of a season that has been a difficult season. But I'm finally seeing clearly that it's been an invitation to uncommon communion. And by God's grace, I, I'm running towards him. And even the stress and the tension that I've felt has been drawing me to him. And I'm so grateful. I don't want to accomplish what I want to accomplish. I want to accomplish what God has for me in this life. I hope you can say the same. If you're looking to be a godly leader, if you're looking to model your life after Jesus, then that is, um, you've got to learn to get your cues from God. And to get your cues from God, you've got to learn to quiet down the noise that has become addicting and in our culture, just part of our being. We don't even know how to exist without... um, quiet and solitude and silence these are these are disciplines that have been lost i think in this generation this is why i believe we have a leadership crisis um so let's not be about using god to accomplish my goals all of us get in that trap at some point in our ministries we use god we pray we journal we read our bibles but our goal is you know we use the servanthood technique because we want to use god and god's ways to accomplish what we want there's nothing worse than that it'll leave you miserable and it'll fail if you're a follower of jesus you won't allow it um, let us lean into the Lord and allow him to use us to accomplish his purposes. We are instruments in the hands of the Redeemer. Uh, that is a book by Paul Tripp, by the way, a very good book as well. And so, um, yeah, so that let's sort of learn to differentiate what I want from what God has purposed. Often what we want is shaped well, it's shaped by one thing or the other. It's either shaped by the world or it's shaped by God. 
the world, for instance, says to us constantly, you need to grow bigger. God says to us, you need to grow deeper. The world says you need to impress others. God says you need to serve others. And you see how the message that the world gives us in terms of leadership is so different than the message that God gives us. Um, they can complement each other. Sometimes there is a similar message, but by and large, God's ways are, are shocking <laughs> compared to man's ways and upside down. And uh, 1 Corinthians 1, I just was thinking about that. You know, the foolish things are wise in God's eyes and vice versa. So let's let's choose God's ways. Um, so it's uh, leadership as an identity. It's not about what I do, but what I'm becoming. Here we thought about servanthood and brokenness. Number two, it's not about what I want, but what God has purposed in my life. Here we focused on uncommon communion. And then I'm bringing it home here. It's not about how I define leadership but how God does, all right? Um, it's about defining leadership. That's what, I, leadership as an identity, I mean, identity is how you define yourself. And so when you think about leadership as an identity, well, who defines leadership? Started talking about like the world's way versus God's way. And, um, and the problem with uh, the identity of biblical leadership is that we forget it. Most of us, we hear these things and go, yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree. Our problem is identity amnesia. We forget who we are in Christ. We forget what leadership, uh, according to Jesus, is. It, it, we don't do it intentionally. We just do it because we're bombarded all day long by strategies and techniques that the world uses. And so in order for us to fight that, we have to spend time immersing ourselves in the Word of God. So in 2020, I've started a very specific way of integrating. I have a couple of apps that I'm using to listen to the Word of God read over me regularly. I'm spending more intentional time in the Word. I, I'm listening to more podcasts. I actually have a list of goals that include just being in this presence of God and his word more intentionally because I need it. Because the only way to hear God's voice over the voice of the world is to actually listen to God's voice over the voice of the world. So less time in social media, more time in God's word and on and on. You have to figure out as a leader how to build that in. It might mean getting up earlier. It might mean taking a break at lunch to, to take a few minutes and center yourself on God's word. Um, there's a dangerous place that you will fall if you forget who you are in Christ. So how do you remember? Well, you spend time in prayer. Again, what is prayer? Uh, I like this. It is bridging the gap between where I am and where God wants uh, and where and what God wants me to do. It is prayer is bridging the gap between where I am and what God wants me to do or where God wants me to be. That's that's what prayer is. It helps you sort of see where he wants you to go and surrender yourself and give up the things that are keeping you from there and kind of get fresh vision in your life. So so prayer will do that to your soul. Um, you know, it's it's a very intentional quieting of your soul and following what he has for you. And how, how else can you remember who you are? Um, obedience, obedience. When God presses you to do something, you do it. Um, I remember I was talking about Crawford Loritz and talked about brokenness, uncommon communion, servanthood. His fourth identity of leadership is radical, immediate obedience. Uh, so I sort of re, you know, thought through this outline, but, but, but if I wanted to just think through like leadership as an identity, uh, sort of those four things that Crawford mentions, brokenness, uncommon communion, servanthood, and number four, radical, immediate obedience. I sort of classified them under the ideas that I had to try to convey to you the things that I felt were important to be said about leadership as an identity. But if you want to know if you're carrying godly leadership as your identity, are you doing what God tells you to do? If you're like, well, I have no idea what he wants me to do, uh, then you're not spending uncommon communion with him. Yeah, you're not praying. Uh, and I'd love, by the way, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to help you. I'd love to answer questions for you. So even as we wrap up today, email me at lena at livingwithpower.org. If you have leadership questions, you don't know what to do. Sometimes the answers are more obvious than we make them be. It takes 
just that intentional time of stopping and saying, oh my God, I don't think I'm doing this correctly. Or I'm just running myself around and around and around and I'm not getting the results that I thought I would be. When that happens, when you're living in a place where you're not getting the results you thought you would have, usually something is out of sync. And it might just be one of those four things that we mentioned. So in summary, it's not about what I do, but what I'm becoming. It's not about what I want, but what God has purposed in my life. Incidentally, a little footnote, that might mean saying no to leadership opportunities when they come. You don't always have to say yes. Just follow his purpose. And number three, it's not how I define leadership, but what how God does. So we're, we're all about identity today, not about strategy, not about goals, not about end results, but who we are as leaders. Uh, you get that figured out if Neil's called to play. So again, uh, check out livingwithpower.org. This has been the Hope Podcast. Dude, I love you guys. And yeah, I use the word dude. It's so expressive. I love it. I uh, would love to answer your questions. I would love to hear from you. Uh, do you have a question on leadership? Do you have a question, a crisis in leadership? You need help with? You'd like us to cover an episode in the podcast or interview someone you love who's an amazing leader. Send us the info, lena at livingwithpower.org. In the meantime, have an awesome week. Be strong in the Lord. Fix your heart, your eyes on Jesus. Let him fill your hope. He is the God of all hope. And uh, know that you are being prayed for even now. Love you guys.